Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or go to the story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking the giving link located in the description below this video at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's service.
name of Jesus. And we're going to cling to that this morning. Come on, let's sing.
There's nothing, there's nothing better than you. God, and, and we search, Father, we're, we're, we're fickle beings, Father God, and, and we are restless people, and, and we have looked, Father God, and we've tried other things, but God, when, it, when we truly fall into your presence, when we truly experience your love, your mercy, your grace, your peace, your comfort, your provision, your strength, Father God, when we experience those things, we truly can say there's nothing, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing quite like you, which is why you constantly are inviting us. You're saying, taste, come, taste and see that the Lord is good. You're saying, draw near to me so that I will draw near to you. You're saying, leave behind the things of this world so then therefore you will experience my peace. You're constantly inviting us closer, deeper into your presence because you know, you know that you're better than anything else in this world. And so, Father, we ask for forgiveness in this moment. We say, God, we, we're sorry for going after other things, thinking that they're better than you, that we've put something above you. We've seeked or, or gone after or spent our time, our energy, our attention on things other or more than you, Father God. And, and we, we recenter ourselves in this place today and say, God, there's nothing better than you. And I only want to give you my attention, my affection, my devotion, Father God. Above all else, nothing else above you. You are the king of our lives, of our hearts, of everything, God. And we thank you for it. And we thank you for being the good God, the better God than anything else in this world. And we love you. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church family. Go ahead and take a seat, shake a hand, say hello to anyone around you. If you're visiting with us, watching online, hey, thank you so much for watching with us. We love that our church is bigger than just these four walls and we are spreading out throughout our community as well as this nation watching together as one church family. If you're new here to Fellowship Church and this is your first time watching or if this is your first time in the building, thank you guys so much for giving us a shot here at Fellowship Church. The easiest way to let us know that you've come and get a little bit more information about us is to text FELLOWSHIP to 94000, so 94,000. If you text that, you'll get a reply back with some links 
with a little bit more information about us and also a way to reach us and contact us if you have any questions for us. Uh, if you are in the building and this is your first time, we'd love to uh, say hello, shake your hand, introduce ourselves as well. You can go up to the information counter in the middle of the lobby after our service. Come uh, introduce yourselves and we'll also give you a free coffee drink, special drink for you and everyone in your visiting party. So as we uh, get ready to give, uh, there's lots of ways you can give. We don't, long, we don't pass buckets still at this point uh, in whatever else is going on out there, but there's lots of ways you can give. Church, uh, you can give online, you can give on the Church Center app, you can text give, all of these things. But as I was thinking about uh, giving and, and what that requires, I realized that it, it requires some trust. Uh, and I have a, a good friend of mine, Pastor Will. Uh, we've been uh, friends for 10 years. And obviously a couple, like last month he talked about, he kind of ratted me out about the interview process and said, told the story about how I said that I didn't think that we would be friends in the future. And I'm a very humble person and I will admit that I was in the end wrong. But I feel like I was justified in my response at the time, okay? Because he was lame on that interview, okay? But nonetheless... We've had a lot of adventures, a lot of stories. And a story came to mind as I was thinking about it today uh, of this moment where uh, back in, you know, we used to have youth in what's called Vertigo. It's kids church now, but it used to be called Vertigo. And we actually brought in a hot tub from a hot tub company, um, local one, and we set it in, t- in, the, in the room because why not? And we filled it up and we decided to uh, give, do a, just like a quick illustration of what baptism would look like or also what it wouldn't look like. Uh, and so me and him are just being idiots in a hot tub uh, in front of high schoolers and middle schoolers for some reason. And so we're doing this, right? And so at the end, we've splashed a bunch of water out of the hot tub. It's wet all over the floor. And this floor in, in there is notoriously slippery when it gets wet. I think every one of us have like tried walking and slipped and eaten it in front of everybody at least once or twice, okay? So I'm like, this floor is slippery. But for some reason in my head, I was like, hey, it's gonna be a funny joke for me to pretend, pretend like I was going to like, Firemen's carry him like over my shoulders out of, of the hot tub because I got out first. So I'm out of the hot tub standing on the slippery floor and Will is one leg out, one leg in. And then the hot tub, you know, rail goes right about here, okay? And so I'm like, I'm gonna joke, thinking he knows that I'm not really gonna carry him because if I'm carrying him and we slip, we're both dead, okay? So... I'm like, pretend, and so, but he all of a sudden thinks, no, Joe's actually gonna do this. <laughs> so he then puts all of his weight on me. I realize what he's doing, and so I bail, okay? <laughs> so then the railing's here, okay? So he, I drop him, all right? I will admit, I drop him. He drops, then he drops again to the floor into the fetal position, okay? For a moment there, we're not sure if there will be any future little wills, okay, at all. Um, he's fine, okay, there's a little Ruby and Liam now, so, but nonetheless, there was a moment there where he kind of was in a very precarious situation, and he chose to trust me, foolishly, I might add, but he chose to trust me in that moment, and I failed him miserably, and I think sometimes when we're talking about our finances, we get into precarious situations, and we're going, I I don't know, I'm, I'm in this situation, I'm not sure if I'm gonna have enough money to pay that bill. I'm not sure if I'm gonna have, you know, all of these things, and we're in that situation. And rather than saying, you know, we're thinking if I put my trust in God through tithe and offering, and I say I put my, my finances in your hands, God, because I trust 
that you'll provide, we think that God is gonna be a lot more like I was in this situation with Will. That if we put our trust in him fully, he's just gonna drop us. And we're gonna be stuck with, with more debt. Or we're gonna be stuck in that stressful financial situation. But the truth is, and the reality is, thank God, God is not like me. And he can be trusted. And when you put your full weight, you put your full trust in him in that moment, even if it feels a little scary, even if it's in that precarious situation, God is good. He is faithful and he will stand strong in that moment and he will carry you out of those difficult situations and he will carry you through those times. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you that you're good. Thank you that you are strong. Thank you that you are, you just have everything. God, you are a God who can provide every little need that we have in us, that we have in our lives. And you say, if we seek you first, God, if we put you first, that you will take care of everything that we need. And so God, even in those times where it's scary, even in those times where we're in that precarious situation and we're not sure, can I trust you to carry me through this? God, help us to remember what a strong and mighty God you are, that you will carry us through, that you will bless us, provide for us and protect us in those moments. Thank you so much in Jesus name, amen. All right, God bless you as you prepare to give. Also, here's a video checking out everything that's going on here at Fellowship Church. We've seen a lot of new faces around here and we absolutely love it. We want to welcome you to our church family. And one of the best ways to make a big church feel small is to either serve somewhere or get involved in one of our groups. And we have exactly that on Sunday mornings. We have a men's support group and a women's support group. Men's Valor is located in the Mount Garfield room every Sunday in between services and the women's support group meets in the fireside room. If you'd like to drop in at any point, we would absolutely love to have you just come by and we can get you situated parents we are doing a bring your friend night in high school and middle school services at 4640 it's going to be on october 26th and 27th and we need your help could you be praying along with your students as they are thinking about who to invite and just the boldness to be able to do that and also just some logistic stuff like how are they going to get to church service and how are they going to get back home we would love to be able to have your help. So again, the dates on that are October 26th and 27th. We want to share the message of Christ to anybody and everybody that we possibly can. Church family, we are so excited to announce that we are going to be hosting a worship night on November 7th at 6 p.m. It is so crucial to our faith to have those times of worship, to come together corporately, and to just go after his presence for an, a whole hour, not adulterated, no interruptions, nothing, but just purely going after Jesus's presence and what he wants for our lives. You do not want to miss this event. Again, it's November 7th at 6 p.m. See you there. We are so excited to see what God has in store for you this morning. So get ready to receive. Well, good morning, church family. 
I hope you're ready for this as we continue in this series, Stronger. I'm excited about this series. I hope it's been an encouragement for you so far. And you're probably looking up here going at my um, props going, what are we doing here? Well, I missed my workout yesterday, so I think we're going to multitask during today. Um, I'm excited about this, but I need you to be with me today. Uh, Are you with me this morning? Are you ready to hear God's word? We're going to continue stronger today, and I want to start off by looking at a scripture where uh, the Apostle Paul is speaking to a group of people that he loves. He's writing a letter to the church at Corinth, and this is the second recorded letter in scripture. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, it says this, and he wants them to understand the troubles that he's going, uh, going on in his own life. Because it's easy to look at someone like the Apostle Paul, like someone we look up to and think that, man, things got to be easy for them. And this is what he says. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure. Somebody say great pressure. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. I think today, more important than just a sermon title, I want to share with you my assignment, and that uh, today I want to talk to you from the message how to be stronger while under pressure. Stronger under pressure. So I want to go ahead and ask you to be part of this with me. If you're listening at home, maybe you're listening later, driving down the street uh, in your car, roll your window down and yell at the person next to you. Say, hey, the pressure's on. The pressure's on. Maybe uh, you're probably going to freak them out. You get yourself in a race right now. Uh, turn to your neighbor, give them a high five and say, the pressure's on. The pressure is on. Would you pray with me today, church family? I believe he wants to speak to us as individuals today, so let's talk to him. Heavenly Father, um, I pray that right now you would speak to each of us in this room, that you would encourage us, help us to see Jesus in your plan for us, God, and help us to understand how you want us to handle the pressure of life. So uh, please be with us in this room as you already have been, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said Amen. Amen. Uh, So I want to talk to you about pressure today because each of us face pressure. And I don't know about you, there there are like two categories of people when it comes to pressure. Like, right? There's there's the those who choke under pressure and those who who thrive under pressure. And I gotta tell you, to be honest, when it looks when I like watch ESPN and they're they're talking about sports and stuff like this, it's always a conversation that comes up in sports. It's like, will this person be able to handle it, the the pressure at the end of this game? Are they gonna come through clutch or are they gonna fail? Is it gonna be too much pressure for them? Because after all, they're young. This is like this is the big stage right now, right? So I wonder how many of you have ever thought like I've thought where I'm like, I think the worst thing in the world that you could possibly be in life is a field goal kicker in the NFL. It's like, they're, like you talk about pressure. On the news, they'd be talking about you. Like, like man, is he going to be able to hold up to this? He's been cold on the sidelines this whole game. And now the team has fought and blood, sweat, and tears to get him to this point. And you're coming up off the bench and you've got to kick it. And if you can kick the field goal, then you win it for the game. Otherwise, you lose it for everybody that's been out there the whole time. And it's all on you. I would hate that type of pressure. 
And, and I, I feel qualified to speak about pressure today because we all experience pressure. And I, I feel qualified to speak about it today because what I'm doing right now comes with pressure. Teaching is a pressure cooker. Now, I'm not trying to say that what I deal with is any worse than what you deal with. I just have to speak from the context of what my life is. And, and coming up here, I mean, I don't want to fail, so I want to do a good job. I don't want to be bad. I want to do a good job, so that comes with pressure. And then what happens if you do a good job? You got to do a better job next week, right? And a better job next week. And it could start, it's pressure. It starts to feel like, man, after a while, I'm just performing. I'm just trying to, I have this performance mentality that I have to fight where I don't put myself under the pressure of just doing better the next week and the next week and the next week and the next week where I just feel like a machine. Add to that the fact that Americans have been surveyed. In fact, people across the world have been surveyed and studies show that the number one fear that the majority of all people have is public speaking. You wanna know what number two is? Death. Public speaking, number one. That, what does that mean? That means most people would rather die than do what I'm doing right now at this moment. It, it, comes, it comes with pressure. See, we all face pressure. We do. It, pressure comes to fathers, it comes to mothers, it comes to, to students, it comes to bosses. Everybody experiences pressure. And I wonder, have you ever asked yourself, like that field goal kicker, are you the type of person who chokes under pressure or are you the type of person who thrives under pressure? I wonder, how many, just answer, how many of you thrive under pressure? you like, you like it. Put you in, all right. Yeah, how many of you, you admit it, I choke under pressure, I'd rather someone else, Yeah. There's both sides in this room. But the truth is, whether you like it or not, we're gonna face pressure. Jesus told us this, and and it's a a verse you might be familiar with. He said this, um, he said, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. What's the context of this? He's talking to his followers. He's talking to his disciples. He's like, in this world, you're gonna have problems. I'm thinking, what kind of type of a pep talk is this, right? Well, if Jesus gathers you around, guys, I want to talk to you. You ready today? This is what you need to know. Life's going to be tough. Jesus, really, that's what you're going to pep talk me with? Life's going to be difficult. It's not going to be fun all the time. It's not going to be roses all the time and sunshine all the time. It's going to be difficult. Well, Jesus, why are you telling me this? Well, he told us right at the beginning of that verse. He says, because I'm telling you these things so that in me you will have peace. Because, man, we need peace, don't we? Because if we don't have peace in our life, we do stupid stuff. Am I the only one? See, I, I don't feel qualified to speak on this because I've always handled pressure the right way. No, I, I feel qualified to speak on this because, like many of you, I think I've failed under pressure quite a few times. That is, the pressures of life have loaded up on me. Sometimes I haven't done the right thing. And there's been times that I've loaded more weight on myself and more pressure on myself because of the decisions I made while I was under pressure as opposed to handling them the way that God would want me to. So today I want to share with you uh, out of scripture just kind of some views of what we see Jesus teach his disciples and what we learn um, 
that Jesus, how he wants us to handle the pressure of life. And first, we have to understand that there's pressure. I mean, you can take this barbell as an example. This barbell would be a great uh, representation or example of the fact that, that this would be like the weight in that, or the pressure I have to deal with in my own life, right? That every one of us, we look at our lives, it's like if I don't have to deal with any other problems, if I don't have to deal with any other circumstances, any mistakes, anything like that, I just get up and I deal with me every day, then I could, I could get underneath this weight and I'm like, okay, this is weight, but, but I can handle me, right? I think I could lift this. I think I could deal with, with Dan every day. I think I could do that. It's like, yeah, yeah, this is easy. And, and here's the problem with it is that for many of us, I'm having a hard time sitting up here. <laughs> I'm not the workout example, okay? <laughs> but for many of us, this feeling of, of just lifting our own weight is only something we ever experienced as a child. Back when our parents were paying the bills for us and the only responsibility you have is to get up and go to school and they feed you, they clothe you, they take care of that. But the problem is, after a little while, life starts to put weight on you. Because we make mistakes and, and we deal with trials and we deal with sorrows and we deal with difficulties. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm trying to deal with my own life, my own weight. But what do you do when the unexpected happens? When all of a sudden the job that you, you worked so hard to get, it now feels like it's just become treacherous. And you're going into a hostile work environment and there's always people's opinions and and now you're not making enough money for what you're doing and you're overworked and you're underpaid and you're, you're struggling to make the bills meet, to meet the bills and make ends meet. And it's like now all of a sudden what I hoped was gonna help me in life has become a weight on me in life. Or, or maybe even for other areas that you deal with unexpected weight and unexpected burden. It's like, I, I started going to that church because I wanted to get my life right. I wanted to be uh, right on with God. And it's like, I started dealing with people there and the conflicts with people there. And like, I felt like there were some people judging me and some people I didn't click with. It's like, now these things that I was hoping were gonna be helps to my life now have added weight to my life. So there are unexpected things that come up where it's like now we sit down at the bar of life and, and, and we look at this and we go, hold on a minute. Now I don't just have to wait, worry about my own weight. I have to uh, lift the unexpected sorrows, the unexpected trials. You know, the unexpected diagnosis, the unexpected struggles when, the, when relationships don't work out the way you want them to. So I, I sit down at this bar and it's like, wait a minute, I don't want to do this. Like, I was just handling life my own way and it seems like things are getting more difficult. How many of you ever felt like the older you get, things get more difficult? It's like, we always assume the opposite, right? As I get older, things are going to get easier, but... I've only recognized as I get older, more weight gets put on me. So I don't want to do this. And what we do is like, well, I, I want to look successful. I want to look like I've got it all together. So I've got I've to put on a show. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to then, when people are around, when people are watching me, I'm going to, I'm going to act like I've got it together. So even though this is hard and it's difficult, I'm going to say, okay, I, I can, it's Sunday morning, so I'm going to push the weight and I'm going to act like I'm a good dad. And I'm going to put a smile on my face. And I'm going to be a good husband. And he said, okay, 
Hallelujah. You have won the victory. Okay, hold on a second. And, and what we do is we, we think if, if other people around us see me smiling and think that I've got it together, then, then I, we lift the weight of our lives in a show-off position. And, and see, what, we're, what are we trying to do there? We're trying to get the approval of other people. It's like, you've been to the gym before. You know the peacocks. Yeah. The guys, they stand by the mirror and they're flexing and they're, you know, giving all the stuff and they're just standing around until the pretty girl walks by and then they pick up the big weight real quick and they're like, ah! And then they put it back down real quick. Like, they're not lifting, they're just waiting, you know, for the right opportunity. It's like, some of you, like you're going to the wrong source in order to be able to try to get the strength that you need. Some of you, you changed clothes four times before you came to church today. Put your outfit on Instagram, hoping someone's going to hit like, hoping someone's going to give you some sort of approval. And what happens is so many of us buckle under the weight because what we're trying to do is we're trying to go to the wrong source to get the strength that we need in order to be able to lift the weight that we have. And so many of us were like, okay, well, I've got this pressure in my life and if, if I need help lifting it, then what do I do? How do I deal with the pressure? And that's the same question that the disciples had. Because the disciples we see in John 13, 14, 15, and now 16 are, are having to deal with something that Jesus is telling them. Jesus is telling them, listen, you gotta understand, um, I'm not always gonna be with you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave you. I'm gonna go to the cross and die for your sins. And he tells them like, like the temple is gonna be torn down and raised again in three days. He's talking about himself. He's saying, I'm gonna go to the cross, die for your sins. I'm gonna raise again so that you can have eternal life. I'm, I'm gonna leave you. I'm not always gonna be with you because after that, I'm gonna spend some time with you. Then I'm gonna go and be at the right hand of the heavenly father. And they're like, whoa, hold on a second. You can't leave us. He's like, you can't go to the cross. You can't die. And he even says, you gotta get behind me, Satan. That seems like strong verbiage, right? They just care for you, Jesus. Why are you talking like that? Well, he knew he had a purpose to fulfill for each and every one of our lives that he had to go to the cross for. And he's like, listen, guys, I, I gotta leave you, but I don't blame the disciples because he was their source, as he should be. Everywhere that they went, they were treated good because of Jesus, right? They, they would have a home to stay in anywhere they went. If they needed food, it's like you don't have to call Grubhub. You don't have to get on the app. It's like, Jesus, here's some fish. And they're like, he's feeding multitudes, right? He, he's, he's taking care of everything for them. He, he's healing people. He's, he, he's raising the dead. He's doing so many miracles everywhere they went. And he's saying, I'm going to leave you. And they're like, hey, we can't do life without you. What are you thinking? Like, you can't leave us, Jesus. It's like, I can't. I, I, this is enough weight. And, and as it is, and it's like, if you're not here to help me with it, what am I supposed to do? We can't handle this. And I wonder how many of you have ever felt like you're dealing with weight that you just can't handle. Like you look at your life and you look at what you deal with every day and this is just a lot. And, and you might go, well, this is not a lot of weight. What makes it a lot of weight is that you have to lift it every day. Because sometimes it's not just the, the big weights in life that make us buckle, but it's the little weights. Because you're like, 
This isn't a big deal, but it's just a small annoyance that comes up and it can add up and, and all of a sudden you're dealing with a lot of weight over time because of the small annoyances. Like I, I broke my phone on the way to work. Is that really a big deal? Well, if your life is not centered and focused on the purposes of Christ, it can be a huge deal because it can weigh on you. It's like you get a call from school and it's like your teenager ditched class again. And you're like, I'm sick of dealing with this. Or you, you get a call from school and they've got uh, assignments that aren't being put in. Am I the only parent in here like just thinking go to class, right? It's like we got you this far. Just get graduated so we can get you out the house. <laughs> it's like in these little things, they're, they're minor annoyances, but they become weight. They become more and more weight, and we sit down at the bar of life day after day, and you go, I don't want to do this. Uh, things didn't turn out the way I expected. It's heavy. It's difficult. I've been doing this for, for 30 years. I've been doing this. For 55 years, I've been doing this. For, for 20 years, I've been going to church. I've been trying to do it Jesus' way, and it's heavy. And little things keep happening. And, and like things aren't working out the way I want. I don't want to keep doing this. I don't want to keep lifting this weight. And we struggle. And why do we struggle and why do we feel so attacked? Because the enemy knows when, when we get into a position where we're lifting the weight of our lives, this is when I'm at the most vulnerable. And this is when he attacks us. And, and when I'm at this vulnerable place and I feel so attacked, I mean, this is, this is the place where I start to feel like I want to turn towards some sort of escape, towards alcohol or towards drugs or maybe it's just an escape in my mind. It's like some of us, we, we spend 51 weeks of the year dreaming about one week of vacation for the year. I'm not living my life the way God wants me to live it. I'm, I'm living my life looking for a break, living my life looking for an escape. And it's like, and why is the enemy attacking me there? Because he knows I'm vulnerable when, when I'm in a place of pressure. This is the thing. So many of us, we, we get the weight up. we like, I don't want to lift this again. It becomes heavy. We just, ah. We end up feeling like we're stuck in life. And this is what a lot of you look like on Monday morning. You know, it's like, I'm hyped on Sunday. I'm ready to go. This is, you know, I'm going to be all right. My relationships are going to be all right. God's going to come through. My, my finances are going to be all right. And then on Monday morning, it's like, I'm, I feel stuck under the weight, under the pressure. It's like, I want to fulfill my purpose, but instead of fulfilling my purpose, I'm pinned down by the pressure and the weight of life. And I lift, and it's more than I want to lift. And it's dealing with the pressure day after day after day. And the disciples are like, listen, Jesus, how, how are we gonna handle this? If you leave, if you don't help us, what, what are we supposed to do in our lives? Because, and this is why I wanna talk to you about this, because your Monday morning matters so much. Your Tuesday morning matters so much. And, and it's, I say that because it is so easy to come in here and, and feel so good on a Sunday morning and, and feel like everything's gonna be all right. And then when you deal with the weight and you deal with the pressure and you deal with the boss and you deal with the employee, you deal with these things and you're like, this is so much, I don't wanna deal with it anymore. And it's like we're breathing one day a week and then we're spending six days a week with our head underwater. And, and, 
And that's not the way that, that God wants us to live, not trapped under the weight. He's asking us, why are you trying to lift this by yourself when all along I've promised you that I will help you lift every heavy burden? But why is it that you, you feel crushed in life when God has said, I will help you lift every heavy burden for take my yoke upon you. It, it is easy, it is light. Like, why is it that you and I go through life so exhausted, not wanting to continue on? And the, the disciples are like, listen, Jesus, how, we can't do this on our own. Why are you saying you're going to leave us? Well, guys, I wanna, I want to give you one point today. I only have, this is a one point message, so I hope you're ready to write this down, because otherwise you missed it. I got one point for you doing is how do you get stronger under pressure? Simple. Accept the Holy Spirit and use his help. Accept the Holy Spirit and use his help. The Bible says this, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking to them after they're freaking out. We can't handle you leaving us. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. This word for the helper is the same word as the Holy Spirit. It's the paraclete. It's the, 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 the one, the advocate, the one that God sends to come and help us. It's his Holy Spirit. And, and some of you are not receiving help in your life because you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to help you. And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. He is God. He's the third person of the Trinity, the third person of the Godhead. We've got God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we need to understand that. Because there's so many of us with our upbringing, we've thought, like, we talk about God the Father and God the Son, Jesus, but we, we don't talk about the Holy Spirit because that seems spooky, it seems strange. I was brought up Baptist, right? We called him the Holy Ghost. He's a nice ghost, but, but he's the ghost. So it's like, he was like, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. It's like, we didn't want to talk about it. We didn't understand it. It, it was strange, and it's like, God hasn't done anything wrong, but for you and I and our, our society and our culture, it's like we have a marketing problem with the Holy Spirit. Like, why did he call him the Holy Spirit? Why didn't he, Jesus just say, like, I'm gonna send you Greg. And I'm calling him Greg. Greg's gonna come and he's gonna help you. It's like, it's better that I go because once Greg comes, Greg's gonna help you lift the weight in life. He's gonna be your helper. He's gonna be your advocate. It's like, we would understand that. And if we just understand that God the Holy Spirit is an individual who is sent to help those of us who have a relationship with Jesus because we have to understand Jesus is not talking to the world here. The context in which he's talking is he's talking to those people who have put their faith, their trust, their hope in Jesus as the son of God to be the savior of the world, to forgive them of their sons. He's saying to you who have a relationship with God because of me, to you that are my followers, you have access. I'm gonna send to you the Holy Spirit to be your helper. What is he telling us here? He's saying every one of us who have a relationship with Jesus, we have an advantage. We have a helper that is available to us. And if you have help that's available to you, why wouldn't you take it? He's saying you, you don't have to lift this weight alone. You don't have to do life on your own. You don't have to struggle through things because there is someone that I'm sending you that can help you. I hear people all the time that, that say things like, man, I wish I could have lived during Jesus' times. And I disagree with that. 
Because I, I think it would have been really cool to see certain things, but, but there are certain things that I would struggle with even more because one of the things that we re- look at in why Jesus said it's better that I go so I can send the Holy Spirit is the, the, Jesus' presence. Jesus was present on the earth, okay? And while he was present on the earth, he was able to help people that were there with him. So he would help the people that were with him. Other people that weren't with him immediately, they weren't experiencing his same strength and his same miracles and all these same things because they were, they were away from him. So what we see is Jesus going, it's better that my, I, my presence goes away so I send the Holy Spirit to be omnipresent, to be present in every believer, who, to make them ava- him available to every person on the inside so that he can, he can be led or she can be led by him and given strength by him and see miracles happen through him is so much better. And I'm telling you, it's like he's saying, it's better that I go away so my spirit is available to you personally, as opposed to just being in one place at one time. And we need to understand that because we, we then can recognize, wait a minute, I've been doing church and I've been reading my Bible, but I haven't been taking advantage of the fact that I have a helper and I have support. Because you saw how I began to struggle under this weight just a moment ago and how it can feel heavy to come pick up day after day. But the problem is not just that the weight is heavy and we have to pick it up day after day, but life doesn't care that I'm struggling. Because what will happen is life will continue to put more weight on me. It's like I'm already dealing with all this and then now I've got more problems coming up and the doctor said that they need to run some more tests, and it's going to take more time, more money. I'm going to have to take more time off my work. And this relationship is really starting to struggle. And I didn't get into the school I wanted to get into. And all these different things continue to add up. And then there's the regulations, and my, my business is losing money because of the restrictions that are taking place. And, and all these things are happening around me. And it's like, we look at these things, we're like, I don't... I don't want to lift this. I don't want to get up day after day and have to deal with the same weight and more weight and more weight because the truth is some of this weight that we put on here, we put on ourselves. Some of this weight, if I were to be honest, happened because of the stupid things I chose to do while I was dealing with pressure. Am I the only one? We're a church full of honest, real people in this room, and we've all done some stupid stuff. And sometimes what I was lifting in the first place is not as heavy as what I have to deal with when I was trying to fix what I was lifting and, and, and medicate myself. That's what, dealing with the, the temptations towards drugs and alcohol and moving towards all these different things it brings on so many, much more weight. Maybe the weight you're dealing with is a good thing. Maybe it's the thing that you've been praying for. You finally got the house. You thought things will be easier if I could just get out of this neighborhood and get to the right neighborhood and the right house. And then you realize, wait a minute, this bigger house comes with the bigger lawn, more yard work, more chores, the electric bill's bigger. It's all heavier now. The Bible says there's a far exceeding weight of glory. That means you, you, you deal with weight in life of, of pain and struggles and sin, but, but once you get glory, once, once good things, blessings start coming to your life, they come with weight too. How many of you have ever prayed for a kid? <laughs> Did you get the kid? 
He's like, man, these things are tough to take care of. There's a lot worse than a puppy. <laughs> you got to feed them. You got to bathe them. They're like, you can't just stick them out in the cold anytime they like act, are acting up. It's, it's, I don't want to deal with this weight. So what does Jesus say about this? Jesus is like, listen, when you deal with the weight of life, what you need to recognize is as heavy as it gets, I have one that I'm sending you that's the advocate, that's the helper, that, that is stronger. So you have just got to come in my name and say, Jesus, would you send me the Holy Spirit? And I say, I need some help. Would you send me the Holy Spirit? Jesse, would you come over here and help me? So all of a sudden, Holy Spirit, would you help me? And all of a sudden, someone shows up who's greater than me and stronger than me, and he is been here before, and now he's helping me lift something that I couldn't lift on my own. And if someone gives you an advantage, why wouldn't you take the advantage? Like, if, if we're going to play basketball, which I would never do, and, and you spotted me 10 points, I would take the 10 points. Like, no, I'm tough enough. I'll get through it on my own. I'll be, yeah, and, and you're going to struggle, and you're going to lose, and you're going you're gonna to be tired. He's, he's guaranteeing an advantage. He's guaranteeing a win for you, but you have to be willing to accept it. Are you willing to accept the Holy Spirit and his help for you? And we got to see how the Holy Spirit helps us. I mean, one of the things Jesus says about him in John 14, 26, but the advocate the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. He will remind you of everything I've said to you. How, how is he going to remind you of what he said, his word, if you haven't heard it in the first place? So it's like, what is my job in this? My job is to get the word in me. Like, if I'm reading the Word, reading the Bible every day, I'm getting in there. I'm reading the Psalms. I'm reading the Proverbs. I'm reading stories about Jesus' life in the Gospels. I'm reading Old Testament stories about God's provision for his people. I'm reading all these things. It's not like I memorize all of it. I know people who memorize parts of the Bible. I haven't been able to do that much of that. But it's not like I memorize it. But once I put it in me, and it's inside the well of my heart, once it's in me, then what does the Holy Spirit do when I ask him for help? He reminds me of the things that Jesus has said. So I'll be going through my day, and I'll be, God, would you help me with this? And he reminds me a proverb. Oh, it's not wise to make this type of a decision. Oh, this is the right thing to do. This is what Jesus said. And and. Sometimes people look at me and go, man, you are young. How in the world did you end up in a place where, where, where you're, you're teaching adults and, and that many people are coming out uh, on a Sunday to, to hang out? Listen, it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with, I'm not that smart. I don't have it all together. But when I ask the Holy Spirit, he shows up and he reminds me what Jesus says. And some of it's not even for me. It's for other people that are hearing it. It's like all of a sudden God is working through me, blessing other people's lives. He, he's blessing my own life. Why? Because he is doing the work. And I think so many of us, we feel crushed in life. So much pressure, so much, just, I don't even want to go on. That's what Paul was saying. He got to the point where he was despairing of life itself. He felt he got, uh, he dealt the sentence of death. Like, have you ever felt like you really couldn't go on? Paul felt like he really couldn't go on. And, and I think a lot of us get to the point 
Well, we might have a smile on our face and the person sitting next to you has got a smile on their face like we got it all together, but the truth is we, we look at the weight of our life and we don't wanna push it again. I don't, I don't wanna do this anymore. It hurts. I'm getting exhausted here. I mean, uh, just to share something with you real quick before we let, close up and dismiss is like, I know every one of our stories, we're dealing with stuff. I'm not trying to say, compare mine with yours or anything like that. But just to tell you a little bit about what's been going on with me in the last year and a half, is like, this last year and a half, it's like, we as a church, like, We've had to lead through and learn how to deal with the regulations of COVID as a church. The church means the ecclesia, the assembly, the gathering of the saints. So church is never to be done alone. Church is always when saints gather together, people who believe in Jesus gather together, come together. So how are you supposed to lead a church that's supposed to gather together under regulations that doesn't allow us to gather together? We're dealing with that. We're dealing with people who are getting laid off. We're dealing with all these sorts of different struggles and, and, and trying to figure that out and lead through that. All the while, while that's going on, every single person in my immediate family, including myself, was either hospitalized or had one or two surgeries this last year. You go, that's more weight than I signed up for. Because now I'm talking about more time off work. I'm talking about more medical bills. I'm trying to figure out all this. And it's like, I don't even know what work looks like tomorrow. I don't know these struggles. And what happens is we get down under the bar and we're like, this is too much weight for me. Some of you have felt for so long, this is just too much weight. And Jesus is saying, listen, I sent you the helper. So what I do is I get up every day and I say, oh, Holy Spirit, I need your help. Holy Spirit, I need your direction today. I need your guidance today. Would you come and help me today? Would you, would you give me the wisdom how to raise my kids and my family? Would you help me today, Lord? And now all of a sudden, I'm lifting weight and, and I'm saying, God, how am I doing this? I didn't even think I could do this. Look, if you're not noticing, I'm doing this one-handed. Thank you, Jesse. Let's give my helper, Jesse, a hand. Thank you so much. I needed someone who was bigger and more ripped than me to pull that off. <laughs> but you look at me and you go, whoa, that was a lot of weight. How'd you handle that? Well, I felt it, but I wasn't the one lifting it. Church, there are so many of you, you are being crushed. You are absolutely being crushed by life right now. It, and God is saying, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you take the advantage? I've offered my help to you. I, I promised you I, I would always lift the burden. I would always help you if you just ask me to help. And I wonder, because so many of us, we think, you know, as I just... As I just get older, it's probably gonna get easier, right? It's like, when will life ever get easier? And the truth is, it never gets easier. You just get stronger. Or at least you look stronger when God's lifting the weight for you. So what I wanna ask you to do, if you'd stand to your feet with me before we leave today, there's a step we can't skip. We're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to help us in each and every one of our lives. But before we do that, we gotta recognize that is only available to people who have a relationship with Jesus. The Bible says in John 10, 10, Jesus said, for I came to give you life 
and life to the fullest. There's two parts to that. Life, he's speaking of eternal life. That means a relationship with uh, God the Father through a relationship with Jesus Christ and the Son. Therefore, when you die, you're gonna be in heaven, eternally, living. And then second, in life to the fullest. That's talking about your life here on earth. Is it gonna be fulfilled? Are you gonna be crushed? Or are you gonna be able to lift the weight? Are you gonna have help? Are you, are you gonna have guidance for the decisions you make? Or are you gonna try to do it on your own? He's saying, I came to give it to you to the fullest. I came to lift the weight. So number one, we've got to make sure that we have nailed down a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you have never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, this is your opportunity right now. You've heard of him. You've gone to church. You've, you, you, you've heard all of the things about him, but you've never asked him to be your Savior right now. Let's just confess that we need his help and, and pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins and to raise again so that I could have eternal life. So please forgive me of my sins. I put my faith and my hope in Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, you're in a room full of people who will celebrate with you. And I want to just ask right now, if you just prayed that for the very first time, even if there's only one of you in this room, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand up so we can celebrate with you and thank you for being a part of the family and congratulate you. So one, two, three, if you prayed and asked you this for the first time, congratulations, congratulations, congratulate people around you that do that. That's awesome. Awesome. Praise God. Now, for all of us in this room that have never asked the Holy Spirit to help us, he's available to you. So I want to ask you to put your hands in a receiving position right now. And let's just ask him right now. In your own words, as I pray, you pray too and ask him to help you. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus. And we thank you that you sent your Holy Spirit. And right now, Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you and we ask you in the name of Jesus to come into our lives to help each and every one of us to fill us with your spirit to fill us with your fruit to lift the weight and lift the burdens of our lives to give us discernment to give us direction to give us wisdom to give us happiness to give us health where we feel like we have been absolutely crushed we know that it is absolutely no weight for you at all so we ask you to carry us would you help us today God Every day when we get up, remind us that you're available to us and that we don't have to do life on our own. Thank you that this was your plan all along and that that you never have left us alone, but you're here to help us. We thank you so much for how great you are and your grace for us, Heavenly Father. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Well, I love you, church. Let's give our God a shout of praise and thank him. So glad that you're here with us. Thank you for joining with us online. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, 
that you died on a cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you have just prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text HEAVEN to 94000 to get in contact with one of our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you need prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting PRAYER SUPPORT to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this is your first time experiencing Fellowship Church or you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text FELLOWSHIP to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again and we hope to see you next week in person or online.